Thank you, Pastor Chris and Vanessa. I think you need to give these guys a great hand. Amen. What an amazing family, amazing household. That dynasty is growing. It's so exciting. And of course, uh, what a joy again just to be around uh, Pastor Terry and Susan and, yeah, mum and dad. <laughs> I really are mum and dad to Trudy and I and have been actually almost three de- 25 years, almost three decades of ministry. And uh, we've had the privilege of planting churches in many, many nations in different places. And actually, I've had the privilege of ministering, I think it's over 49 countries. And I share that from this perspective, that the one house, the one community, the one spiritual family that is partnered, sowed, stood with, with us through all the ups and downs is Pastor Terry and Susan and this house. Literally, the whole journey. And uh, that's probably why we're still here. <laughs> Don't want to be anywhere else. No, seriously. And, you know, Paul writes and he says, <clears throat> he, you know, encourages the Philippians and the fact that they partnered with him. And he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit to your account. And I want you to know that God has done the most incredible mind-blowing things in and through our lives over the last three decades. And a huge, significant portion of that fruit is to your account as Sojourn family. Amen? I mean, think about that. We don't know where that fruit is still going to continue to grow and multiply as it is. Uh, I mean, time, we don't have sufficient time to tell you just some of the amazing things that God has done and is doing. On that one note, though, I'm not going to say too much about it, but uh, one of the ministries that's been birthed out from us is actually a ministry that has a huge influence amongst elite athletes around the world. And uh, we're just in the process of finalizing an amazing strategy that God's given us to walk a road with the uh, Olympians at the Olympic Games. And uh, I didn't share that at the first service, didn't have time, but it is pretty amazing and uh, profound. And we're actually going to be running online chapel services every night live all the way through the Olympics at 8 p.m. their time, which is the lowest activity time on the Olympic program. And uh, just the favor, the grace, the open doors, um, the athletes and the speakers that are coming on board as well to participate. In fact, one of your famous athletes who was ready to go to his third Olympics and was almost assured of a gold again for the third time, blew out his Achilles heel two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And he's a, he's a part of that ministry of ours. And, uh, um, and he's the triple jump Christian... Um, oh, just slipped my mind. It's, sorry? Yes, there we are. <laughs> Thank you, Christian Taylor. And, uh, and Christian has actually come on board and said, you know what, I can't go to the Olympics as an athlete, but despite what the enemy has meant for evil, I'm going to the Olympics as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? So he's going to be emceeing our live events and that, and it's just I, just, I just said to Christian, I said, man, I, when he shared with me, we're having a Zoom call, and uh, I was so moved. I mean, I was in tears. I said to him, who still basically on his hospital bed, responds like that. 
only a child of God. So keep that in prayer. We're actually putting all the final touches to it, um, and it's amazing. We've had such incredible responses from uh, worship leaders and speakers and former athletes and celebrities from around the world that have all put their hands up to participate, to share you know, short inspirational messages and be available. And I just think, and then we're equipping on the 30th of June, we're actually equipping the athletes itself that are going, that are part of our ministry. We're equipping them to actually be the ambassadors at the games this time, to be the chaplains in their own teams. And it is so exciting. We, we, the response is amazing. There are actually Christian athletes that are hearing about it, that are coming out of the woodwork. And I think at present, we have around 37 nations represented. So uh, keep that in prayer. So what an exciting time to be alive. Come on, guys. I want to tell you, what an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> I'm definitely not the half-empty glass guy. I'm actually the three-quarter full glass guy, if not overflowing glass guy, because that's my conviction. Amen? Um, and we are actually, even in the history of the U.S. of A, right now, we are in the most exciting time in our history since, maybe not the founding, but I tell you since then, we have one of the greatest opportunities to see the advancement and the demonstration and the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Come on. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Let's pray. And if we get this, this will change everything. And I don't say that lightly. I say that literally with full reverential fear towards God. If we get this thing, as one of my board members said yesterday in our strategy meeting, the thing, if we get this thing, we will change the history of this nation. So Lord, I just pray that based upon that understanding, that you, Holy Spirit, that you quicken my mind, my articulation that only that which you desire and purpose is communicated. And secondly, Father, that we know your words said the seeing eye and the hearing ear, you have made them both. And that at the end of the day, it's not about the inspirational words of man, but it's about the revelation of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> that leads to that transformation. And I pray that this morning your anointing so teaches and leads us into truth. Life-changing, transformational truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my message, Kings in Exile, The Great Disconnect. Kings in Exile, subtitle, The Great Disconnect. And what was so profound for me is last Sunday when uh, we kind of wanted to surprise uh, Pastor Terry and season, but in particular, Pastor Terry, Father's Day, had to be here, had to be here. And uh, so when I, but when I walked in through that back door and I saw this sign behind me, I had goosebumps from head to toe. I mean, I'd already prepared this message, sensed the Spirit of God saying to me that this is what I want you to speak on. And it, my subtitle, The Great Disconnect, and I walk in and I see The Great Disconnect. And I said, yes, that's the outcome we want. As a result of this, we want to see the great this connect, this connect. And in essence, what we're talking about is an understanding of our reign in the earth. <clears throat> My key scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, 
And I'll just go to uh, part B. The New King James says, Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness or the gift of righteousness will. doesn't say might, maybe, sometimes, occasionally, every now and again, possibly. What does Scripture say? We will. Say will. We will. Now, if you read... That reference in Scripture, that is the essence of God saying, my will. You will. So what he's really saying is that if you've received the abundance of grace and you've received the free gift of righteousness, the outcome in your life, the outcome in my life, is that we will reign in life. And notice what he says. He defines the territory. He defines the parameters of our reign. He says it's in life. Not one day in the sweet by and by, not in eternity. Let me make it very clear. There is no such thing as reigning in heaven. There is no such thing as overcoming in heaven. As much as that has been communicated out of, you know, in the last hundred years in particular through our eschatology, it's created a mindset of let's escape out of this world. You know, we have our bags packed and ready to go. We're ready, baby. And the rest of this world can go to pot. While we're trying to escape, God's actually trying to invade the earth. Do you know that? Do you actually realize that? When he sent Jesus, he set in motion an invasion. He first stripped the enemy and set the parameters in place so that his body, his people, could embrace and continue the work that he begun having dealt with the legal issue at hand, ensuring that there is now no legal issue at hand anymore and that there is a liberty and a freedom for His people to restore the earth as originally designed and mandated. And if we want to know what we're meant to be doing, all we have to simply ask ourselves the question is, what would Adam be doing right now if he had not fallen? Hello? You see, our reign has to do with the earth. Our reign has to do with this domain. With this domain. And let me say this, that our reign in Scripture, he's not referring to it in the singular. You can go back and have a look and you'll discover that it's in the collective and plural. Obviously in relation to us as a community of faith, as the body of Christ, but actually more importantly, actually in relation to us as families. Genesis chapter 1, God gave, did not give Adam dominion. Let me make that very clear. God did not give Adam dominion. He blessed them and said to them, does that sound like Adam? Hello? Come on. Ladies, that was your opportunity to shout a huge amen. Sorry, too late. <laughs> Only kidding. It's never too late. Never too late for the girls to, you know, ensure that us men are understanding things correctly. <laughs> he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. That's the first level of dominion. Multiply the second level of dominion. Fill the earth, literally in the Hebrew, fill your territory. Your assigned territory. And then, that's the third level of dominion. And then subdue the fourth level of dominion. 
And that word subdue literally in the Hebrew simply means bring in order. Bring in order. Not subject, not have dominion over. Bring in order. What order? The creative order of God. The divine order of God. God has a divine order. In fact, He has even a divine order for every city and every community. I haven't got time this morning to unpack it, but literally if we have have the opportunity to unpack Isaiah 65 in the context of a socioeconomic construct, we'll discover that Isaiah 65 gives us a quantitative and a qualitative matrix. We can know exactly Exactly, without any insecurity, any misunderstanding, we can know exactly to what degree the kingdom of God is actually impacting our cities and our communities. Did you know that? But because we have a religious mindset when we read this book, we fail to understand that first and foremost, this book is actually, yes, our covenant with God. And every element and aspect of it and every pattern of the covenant. Secondly, it is actually the constitution of the kingdom. And thirdly, it is the framework of governance. That's the point I'm really wanting to get to. This great disconnect, kings in exile. So firstly, we have individualized all truth in relation to the kingdom of God and our role and our mission and our mandate. The Purpose Driven Life. Now it sounds nice and catchy and what a great title and there's some great truths in it, but the truth be told, it's not actually about the purpose driven life. It's about the purpose governed family. Did you know that? That's actually what scripture teaches. It started with a family in Genesis 1. It ends with a family in Revelations 22. Hello? The three great themes of Scripture. Number one, the theme of the kingdom. Number two, the theme of family. And number three, the theme of redemption that restores family to its rightful place to again be the vehicle of dominion in the earth. Not a religious institution. God did not in the New Testament say, oh, you know what, scrap the idea of Genesis 1. Let's forget about that. And everything that was built as a pattern through Israel to understand nation building and community transformation and governance and all that. You know, we just scrapped the whole lot. We were actually starting over again. And it's all about you. And it's all about your purpose. It's all about your assignment. It's all about me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, and somehow the Holy Spirit is going to somehow sanctify that unholy trinity so we can live out our best life. Ever heard statements like that? And it is exalted in the church. And then we wonder why we have no capacity to bring the governance of God in the earth. Because actually, first and foremost, the vehicle was family. That was to become dynastic. Dynastic households. The New Testament, Paul, how many times did even the Apostle Paul refer to this person and their household? This person and their household. The household of faith, even. What's he reaffirming? That even the spiritual family needs to model that. The spiritual family doesn't replace it, but the spiritual family plays a major role in restoring that and building that. And equipping the sons, because sons are raised in family, they're not raised in an orphanage. 
You can teach the kids in an orphanage all about their identity and their sonship, but their hearts will remain orphaned. Put them in family. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And the enemy knows that true dominion in the earth is attached to dynasty. And if you wondered why your family was under such attack, it's not just because it's the foundation of a healthy society and it's a great construct, etc., for stability. No, it's because your family is the vehicle of dominion, the dominion of God in the earth. Did you know that? That's what Scripture teaches. But because we fail to understand the connect between power and authority and the responsibility of how dominion and governance operates, we have this vast chasm, this vast disconnect in the church. And I call it the result of kings in exile. So we have all these thousands, hundreds of thousands, actually millions of believers that can run around over the amazing teachings that we've had over the last three, four decades about our power that we've received and about my authority and about my identity in Christ. But if you look at our lives, if we truly look at our lives under the microscope and we look at our families, there is a huge disconnect. Our lives, our families, and our communities do not reflect to people who have received unlimited power and unlimited authority. Why? Because I believe we have misunderstood what it's actually about. And we have disconnected with the understanding of dominion and governance. So let's look at those words. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to take the next few minutes. I'm going to run through it quickly. I don't have time to unpack, but I do want to say this, that the exciting news I have to announce is that we have gone live as a ministry. God allowed us to step out of all the church planning and all the pastoring we've been doing over the last three decades and step into, and yesterday we had an amazing board meeting and a strategy meeting, and literally we're in the position where we know that God has given us the mandate to step out and to begin to equip families and churches in building dynastic households, and we will see the dominion of God come forth. And I'm telling you, we will see this nation changed. Amen? I want to announce the start of an unstoppable, quiet revolution. The leaven that will leaven the lump, the whole lump. Come on. Amen. The leaven that will leaven the whole lump. And I discovered some things about American law in this last week in relation to family trusts that 99.99% of Americans do not even know exists. Did you know that there is a level two ideological trust written into American law that actually ensures dynastic household building? Not just a family trust, level one, that most of us know, and the elements and the aspects of that, I, it, was blow, it blew me away. God has put a person in our household, person in our team that uh, is an expert in that space, and he's an estate lawyer, specialist, and he said the richest and wealthiest families in this nation all have their houses 
under that construct. Protected. Protected from tax law, certain elements of tax law. Protected from any opportunity of a family member going wild and rogue and taking the whole trust with him. It's incredible. And I said, and it was started by the, your amazing founding fathers. And it's time to reinstate it. It is time. It is time. It is time. It is, I get goosebumps as I'm saying it. I'm telling you, I know that God is awakening something. You talk about the great awakening. It's going to be the great this connect. And it's going to be the great awakening. And emerging in a restoration of family dynastic households that begin to collectively, together, you, put, you talk about one putting a thousand to flight. Boy, two putting ten thousand. Three, can you imagine if four or five or ten? Or let's take sojourn, for example. This spiritual community, can you imagine over the next five years seeing at least a hundred, maybe two hundred households raised up and emerge, seeing the prodigals come back home, the framework that God has entrusted us with, the model, the journey, the process. I'm just blown away what it's done in our own family. And to see that, can you imagine what this community can bring forth in the earth? What does it look like five years from now? What would it look like 20 years from now? What would the Christian church of Jesus Christ in the USA have looked like today if this is what we began doing 100 years ago? Wow. I want you to dream. Imagine. Imagine. Let it run wild because nothing's impossible for God. And I know that I know it's a new day. Four words. The word power. Now, in the Greek, there are actually nine words for the word power. I'm not going to go into the nuances, but every one of those nine has a core element of, of understanding. And that is this, that power in essence is the intrinsic capacity of an individual or entity to control, direct, or determine outcomes. That's literally what we've received in, in, in the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. So right from the very beginning, God says, I'm going to ensure that you have the capacity, that you collectively and even you individually in relation to that world, you have the capacity to determine outcomes. The second word, authority. Authority or kingship. The right to rule, the right to exercise that power that you have received. The right to give orders, the right to control territory, not the right to rule over other humans. The right to control territory, things, domains, if and only if it is predicated on legitimacy. That I thought I found profound when I was researching. We have an enemy that exercises authority that is predicated on illegitimacy. Come on. Am I right? And he runs right. Why? Only one reason. Because we have not stepped into the next thing. Let me say this. Power is imparted. Authority is given. Delegated. And we have spent the last three day, decades, at least, maybe the last five decades, as the Church of Jesus Christ, in particular in America, talking all about power and authority. I mean, most Pentecostal, charismatic evangelical Christians can tell you all about the authority they've received and the power they have. And then you ask them, well, can I look at your personal world? Let's see how that is manifested. Hello? Now we experience great encounters with that as moments. 
But the truth be told, the last 50 years, we as the church of Jesus Christ have actually gone backwards in the U.S. of A. Why? Because of the great disconnect. We are literally like kings in exile. What's a king in exile? A king in exile is that he legitimacy has governance over a territory, but for whatever reason, whether he had to flee, whether he abdicated, now he sits in another country protected by its law. Most of that was Switzerland, but yet wants to carry on and walks around still carrying the title, wants everybody to treat him as a king, but has absolutely zero dominion. And that's us. I'm a king, I'm a king's kid, hallelujah. We shout and jump and scream and we carry on. Hello, I know you guys don't, just me. And then when you ask me, well, what does that look like in your personal life? What does that look like in your personal world? Let's start with your intimate world, your, sorry, your inner world, your intimate world, your immediate world, and your outer world. Well, how does it look? The great disconnect. And we have begun to celebrate a culture of kings in exile. We can tell each other all about our kingship. Am I right? All about the power, all about our identity. But the truth be told, it's not about merely having power and authority. It's about dominion. Dominion. Let me say the word dominion. The ability, notice, the ability and or capacity to exercise the rule that you legitimately have. The capacity to exercise that rule. The capacity or ability to rule over a territory or a thing. In essence, that's the word lordship. He is both king of kings and lord of lords. And he has the capacity and desire to exercise his rule throughout the earth. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he sadly got a people, his underkings, the word duke actually literally means a vassal king, one who represents the desire and designs and purposes of the king of kings. But they won't take dominion. Why? Because there's the big great divide, this disconnect. Authority is given slash delegated, but dominion is Taken. Let's stop being kings in exile. Today is the day you start taking dominion. You have all the authority and the power and the capacity to take dominion over your thought life, over your inner world, over your outer world. Come on. Come on, take dominion. I use this little example. We've just moved into the most amazing little cottage that we've been blessed with in West Virginia. Um, it hadn't had anybody living in it for a while, even though it was fully renovated. And it has about a three-acre, four-acre uh, field slash lawn, garden. It's in the middle of nature, middle of nowhere, up in the Appalachian Hills. And when we walked in, we thought, oh, isn't this awesome? We can now exercise. We've received it like kings. <laughs> but I suddenly realized I've got to exercise some dominion. And I said to Trudy, and there's uh, all the equipment's there, and nice little, you know, those 360 lawnmower things, and thought, okay, well, I'll get stuck in. And she says to me, how long do you think it'll take? I mean, I cannot believe I was so naive and so dumb. I said, oh, easy, half an hour. <laughs> Six hours later, I was wiped out, and I still hadn't finished. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short, 
as a practical example, I had to take dominion. The Holy Spirit wasn't going to do it for me. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? I had to take dominion. Anyway, eventually, I took dominion. And of course, I felt wiped out and enjoyed sitting on the porch looking at my work (laughs) as a king. A king who's taken dominion. And of course, I liked to, I said, where's that drink? Where's this? Where's the armor sitting up? You know, hello. Aren't we all like that? We have a major breakthrough, and then we sit on the porch. Hmm. You know, two weeks later, I was still sitting on the porch. But something began to happen. It's called the second law of thermodynamics. You see, it's not just about taking dominion. It now leads to the third word. So dominion taking is actually my role, my responsibility, my capacity to exercise rule. But the fourth and final word is the word governance. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there'll be no end. Who's that exercised through? It's you and me. It's you and me. Governance. And the word governance, in essence, means the action or manner in which I exercise and continue to exercise rule. In essence, the stewardship of a defined territory, domain, or resource. What's the governance of your finances look like? What's the governance of your time look like? What's the governance of your talents look like? Come on, you have dominion over it. And so what I realized in that moment is I had a huge breakthrough. I exercised dominion. Now I feel like I can, I've earned the right to sit on my laurels, but something begins to happen. And if I do not continue to exercise governance over those five acres, hello, that's the stewardship thereof. And do you know why we have not got the nation? Let me tell you why. Very simply, we have had the great disconnect between power and authority and between dominion and governance. And here's the key. Governance is actually the key to increase. Dominion taking is foundational, but governance is the key to increase. Jesus himself said, when we are faithful with the little, yes, you have all power in me. Yes, you have all authority in me. But I am not going to release the fullness of that to you if you do not take dominion, firstly. And secondly, if you do not begin to learn to govern. I am not stupid. Hello? Why would I entrust an increase of governance through you if you cannot even exercise governance over what you already have? We, want it. we are called to govern nations. We're called to disciple nations. We're called to bring forth the kingdom into every sphere of society. And yet, firstly, we cannot even exercise dominion over our own emotions. And we cannot even exercise stewardship over our own budgets. My Lord. You talk about kings in exile? Hello? If you can't say amen, you are welcome to say ouch. So, let's stop being kings in exile. I want to declare prophetically, and I'm right finished. I want to declare prophetically that every one of you 
who wants to stand up and embrace this and say, God, it begins with me, but I'm also committing to reframe and restory my family and to see your dominion come, your kingdom come, your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm here to be a vehicle of dominion taking and a vehicle of your governance. And as I am found faithful with the little, faithful with even another man's, if you're not in your own property or you're working for somebody, Scripture says also faithful with another man's and you will be entrusted with your own. If that is you, I want you to stand right now with me. And let's be the start of a quiet revolution that becomes the unstoppable leaven that influences the whole lump. Wow. Look at this room. All of you watching online as well, right where you are, just stand in the presence of God. Stand in the presence of your King. Yes, we bow before Him reverentially, but we stand as we receive our mandate. And night was always knighted and then required to rise. And we're rising this morning, Lord. We're rising this morning before our King of kings and our Lord of lords. Father, oh Lord, we just repent first and foremost that we've been so consumed with merely your power and our kingship as if that is everything and somehow made us feel good about ourselves. Lord, we repent of that insecurity. We repent of that immaturity. Father, I repent of it. And Lord, let me not live this great divide, but let me embrace, or this great disconnect, let me embrace this great connect. I pray, Holy Spirit, that from this day forward, we will become a people who are dominion takers. Not in domination, but in humility and love. Our capacity to serve. Meekness is not weakness, oh boy. But leaven can remain hidden, but it will still leaven the lump. It is an unstoppable force. And as you declared, the kingdom of God will be like leaven. Who's the leaven? We are. Father, we are. And we embrace that today. And let us be a people who understand how to build our dynastic households, who actually have the capacity to take dominion and then exercise your governance to your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Wasn't that good? How many of you are going to take dominion? I want you to stay up here, um, Sean. I want to pray for you. Uh, my favorite part of the message was Trudy was laughing so hard. <laughs> I think it was because she, she's like, I, told, I knew it wasn't going to take 30 minutes. I knew. I knew it was going to take longer than that. <laughs> Women know, man. They just know. So I think she could not. She was crying laughing. I was like, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or... Anyway, there's a lesson in dominion taking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we, it, it was a great message. Thank you. I want you to stretch your hands out toward them. I want to pray. We're going to pray over them. Uh, we're going to pray that the blessing of yeah, y'all come up here. Come on, come, 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 come. Jaden, you Jayden, as well. Yeah. You follow the Morris mandate. Yeah. yeah, stand next to your dad. Don't stand next to me. 
<laughs> I want everybody to know how tall he is. Oh, and I'm just kidding. Let's 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 pray for them. Pray for God's dominion and uh, all that they have in store. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing with this family. They're such an amazing gift to the body of Christ. So, Lord, I pray that as the world unwraps this gift, that they would see you and that the, the whole, Lord, uh, uh, the whole vision that you placed within Sean, within Trudy, within Jaden, with the girls, Lord, with their whole family, I pray not only will they run toward that, run with that vision, Lord, but I pray that everyone who hears it, Lord, everyone who, who takes uh, heed to it, Lord, it would expand in their hearts and their families as well, and we would see that that Genesis 128 mandate come to fruition in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Lord, we pray that over them, pray protection over them. Bless them spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, relationally, above all that they can ask or think according to the power of God that works within them. I pray, Lord, that rivers of living water would flow, Lord, out of Sean as he ministers. Lord, I pray that, Lord, over Trudy. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're doing it by the power of a miracle in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that we're brothers in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the work of ministry, Lord, but at the same time, we're brothers in Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, cause us, Lord, uh, to grow in relationship with each other, but continue, Lord, as well, the work that you've, you've committed. Lord, you said that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So we pray that over them, pray it over to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys love y'all.